So Christopher Morales Williams out of Georgia goes out there, breaks the world record at the SEC out SEC indoor conference championships a day later, two days, three days later, finds out his world record will not be ratified because his blocks were not hooked up to a world That's athletic crazy. system to knowing that seeing the world athletic system needs to be hooked up to tell if you fall starts or something like that. But that wasn't hooked up to his blocks. Yeah, old school dinosaur blocks out there that they had in the 1980s that he started off with. That just makes it more impressive what he did. But that that's 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 crazy, bro. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all know the boy did they, didn't fall start though. Should they give him the world record still? They should definitely give him the world record, bro. Like, come on, man. We know he didn't fall start. We know he didn't fall start. But you need to have these measures in place just in case something happens. These are the rules that world athletics has put in place honestly this is this is a bigger issue really on sec ncaa everything like that because i'm pretty sure there was an issue during the outdoor season where people in ncaa were all like hey why aren't our meets being ranked just as high as these other world athletics meets that are like silver gold tier and everything like that and like ncaa if you want to be on this level you got to bring your equipment get everything in order like SEC, y'all know you cracked. You know you crazy. Like, come correct, because like this stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I'm also, yeah, you could blame it. Who is there to blame? You know, is it NCAA or is it World Athletics? Like, World Athletics, you, we all are, they have so many different rules. Every year, you got to change the shoe, your shoe, how much cushion you got under your shoes, because they're not in regulation. Like, Every single step of the way, there's all these tiny little imp incremental rules that, you know, people get banned for, shoes getting banned. It's kind of hard to keep up with. So I'm like, are y'all not? I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't, with think the SEC? I don't think that's fair, bro. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. It's, These are it's, they, There's a lot of random rules. I don't know all yeah. the rules from World Do you even understand the ranking system? No, no, like, no, I don't. But like, that's exactly. not my job. That's not my job, bro. My, that's not my job. But if that is your job to understand that as the MREIT director of SECs, as the commissioner of SECs, to bring the best product, give the best opportunity for your student athletes to be in that situation, it is your job to understand this stuff. And for you not to understand it, like, bro, that's like, how are you going to, like, bro, they, they understand like, the NCAA that's like somebody bylaws. Your job and be all like, bro, that's that, like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Come on, man. The college basketball is not following the NBA bylaws, bro. Like they're not, they, they understand there's a whole bunch of bylaws and rules already in place in the NC, NCAA that they're keeping up with. That's like them being like, they got another job on top of that. So if the world athletics sees that NCAA is valuable, why not? And, there, and there's a bunch of Olympic level athletes, world championship level athletes. Like all I'm saying is that the world athletics has to make sure what they're doing is accessible to all of they, I just like how they cater towards the USATF and, you know, Jamaica and these other ones, like NCAA is not the USATF. So it's either, you could even say, is it US, USATF's fault for not integrating with NCAA? I don't know, but it ain't the boy's fault. It's a tragedy no, no one, for, the, for is, our guy. Nothing is, is on him. You feel me? He's still the fastest ever. 
fastest ever in recorded all conditions. Like he's still an NCAA record holder, but he ain't the world record holder. That ain't gonna be ratified. Michael Norman is not the world record holder either. And he beat Karan Clement's record because I believe they didn't drug test him afterwards. There wasn't a drug tester. That's you feel me? So like can the NCAA avoid afford all? I mean, they can't afford all that. They got come on, man. They got hella money, bro. I'm just saying NCAA SEC could afford all that we're talking about, bro. Because they're they're giving a whole bunch of money to football, and you need to invest that in the track and field because y'all got some of the best, the best indoor meet that happened this past weekend was sec probably the most views on espn was sec you gotta you gotta put funds into that i mean we don't have a we don't have a a real indoor season in the u.s like in the indoor season in double a exactly like we have milrose and we have new bonds grand prix those are the only like real pro meets everything else is ncaa's sec that meet is, is as high caliber as some of the meets that happen over in Europe that are the, the real professional, um, the real professional indoor meets. So I'm blaming, I'm blaming the whole sport of track and field, bro. Just like of how confusing this sport is. I, that's what I'm blaming. Cause like something ain't clearly, there's, there's definitely some disconnect, you know, there's definitely disconnect somewhere. Well, I'm blaming SEC, but I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, and you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners every single. Two black, two Back again, Joshua. Track is going crazy right now. There's a there's a lot of there's great results out there, but we got a lot of upcoming meets. There's a lot of just track culture um, that's came up. Like we just talked about that that world record, people opening up pro leagues. We got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about today. Nah, for real. There is a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get to, and we get to it all on this episode of Two Black Runners Podcast. We realize it's not a Tuesday. We realize that we were coming at you on a Thursday. But when you listen to this podcast, you get entered into that Two Black Tuesday realm and really get to feel everything. But Aaron, let's get into it. You know what I mean? Like you said, meets coming up this weekend. We got so much to talk to. So we want to, we don't want to concentrate a whole bunch on world indoors you feel me because world indoors is crazy but i do got some false starts aaron oh no i believe usain bolt false started i think usain bolt just false started because i got some takes and i just want you to, i just want you to tell me let me know if these takes are a false start am i wilding right now am i wilding by thinking by thinking this way let me know all right first up right here there is no doubt Noah Lyles is going to lose this 60, bro. There is no doubt in my mind he's going to lose. He's US, He's world number one. He's ran 6-4-3. This man's unstoppable. We've been saying he has plot armor. There's no way Noah Lyles loses this 60. Is that a false start? You know what? That is a false start because I I can't disrespect the world record holder and Christian Coleman. There is a way. There is a way. Let's go back to anime. Anime. Christian Coleman right now, he may be like a Sasuke and, and he might get one in real quick. You know what I'm saying? 
he might get one in. I could, I, I could see that. So I still think there is a chance that Christian Coleman goes back to the lab, looks at film, and figures out, you know, what was it within his process of the race that he needs to needs to correct. And unless Noah Lyles is about to run six three four or something, uh. I think there's still a chance that he's gonna he he could he could win. So I think it's a false start to say there's no doubt. There's no doubt. We'll see. It's gonna be an interesting race to see what really happens in the 60. Christian Coleman really doesn't lose in this at all. 2017, he was undefeated. 20, 2018, undefeated. 2022, he lost one race. He's only lost about two 60 races over a span of about seven years. So it's gonna be exciting to see what happens this weekend. Next up, bro. I was looking at the start list, especially on the men's side, looking at the 1500. And we got my man Hobbs Kessler, we got Cole Hawker, and we got Henry Wynn representing the US, bro. I'm looking at it. An American man is meddling in the men's 1500 meter. I was going to say that we're going to win it, but like, hold on, bro. At least American man is meddling in this event. That's that's 100% valid. That's 100% valid. Like Cole Hawker is is bringing home a medal that 805 at milrose really impressed me he was not satisfied with it i think he's healthy and it's time it's time for him to get that medal uh get that monkey off his back and he's gonna be heading into the olympic trials feeling real confident and the crazy thing is that hobbs kessler he's leading he's the number one seed right now and this man is only what 20 years old i know we got samuel tafara in there he's a two-time world champion right now as a pr of 331 but two times he's won this in the last two world indoors he's won the 1500 meter but i don't i have a feeling hobbs and cole hawker are going to give this man some real real trouble and i also as well i got let me know right here good off Sagay. we saw her what she did at the prefontaine classic when she when she almost broke was it for 14 minutes you know for a woman like completely just insane crazy, she's gonna bro. be racing the 3000 meter she's already ran 817 this year i think a lot of people are expecting her to not have a lot of company but i'm saying gudolf Sagay will have a lot of company in the 3000 meter is that a false start that's 100 percent a false start i don't know what you're talking about ain't nobody <laughs> touching gudolf Sagay. she ran 817 this year Next fastest up is 824, Jessica. Gudolf on Faith Kip Yegon level, on Safan Hassan type level. And I think she's going to break the world record. I, I agree with you. I think she's going to break the world record too. I don't think a lot of people are talking about this world record, but like, I think Jess, Jess Hole, Ellie St. Pierre, Laura Mirror, Patrice Kepchoic, Haru Messiah, all these women are running amazing right now. I know you said 824. No, they're running good. Like, like, but like, these are competitive good. women that are pushing, that are really, that are going to be with Segei. But Segei is obviously, she's probably going to win this race, but like, she's going to have company, bro. Believe it. I believe it. Uh, she, they, those women, nothing against them. Laura Muir, straight beast. I can't. Dog. Jessica Holt, straight beast. Like dog. Beatrice, straight beast. But that's a whole different. That's a whole different animal. When we start talking about Gudo Sagay, like that's a generational talent. We may never see someone that good. She almost broke 14 minutes. She's going to break 14 minutes. So I don't think anyone here. They gonna be about like 100 meters behind. That's a lot, you, but you sleep, you sleep because you, but you don't realize oh, that Ellie, 
Ellie got that mommy power now. You feel me? She got that mom power. That's gonna get her over the line. Come on. I'm not sure. Gudolf, Gudolf may have kids too, bro. So I don't know. But that, yeah, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I'm just saying that's just changing the game for Ellie, though. She's running different now. She's running big different. She's running real, real different. different. All right, last up right here, my last one. I got. I'm thinking, bro. It's going crazy. We just talked about Christopher Morales in the beginning. He's running wild. Femke Bowl breaking world records. Jevin Charlton tying her world record. This weekend, more world records are falling at World Indoors. I don't know how many, but just more. More are falling at World Indoors. Is that a false start? No, that's that's facts. That's 100% valid. The men's shot put feels like the world record gets broken like every day. So that's definitely going to get broke. I think the pole vault, I can see the pole vault. I haven't seen what Mondo been doing this year, but it feels like he breaks the indoor record every year. I don't know if the 60 hurdles are going to get broken again by in the women or the men. I feel like you just kind of have to run. You just have those days on the hurdles where I feel like they just run like the perfect race. Like you just get out the blocks, you get everything, every, over everything clean. You get through... Um, the process of your of your race just so cleanly so i don't know if we'll see that again but i think the women's 3k the men's shot put and the men's pole vault world records going down what about the men 3k we're gonna have this matchup of josh kerr who just broke the world best in the two mile british world rec british record in the 3000 meter of his split and then Yard Nagus, I believe he's he's like top five all time. I think that's something that's definitely for the tanking as a, a matchup that's not really being talked about as much in the lead up, I feel like, or as kind of uh, sizzled out in a way, especially if we have this Noah Lyles versus Christian Coleman. But like in the distance world, these are two heavyweights going at it in the 3000. I think the world record can definitely go down here if that's 723. I know, I agree. That's definitely possible. All depends on how the race goes out. We know if Jacob was in that or Jakob was in that, that they would be, we would say world records going down because he's gonna just go hard from the gun. But I mean, Yard and Josh are not afraid of taking it hard from the gun either. So that's definitely a race that I'm looking at as well. Can they, can they go under 723? It's possible, but with rounds and everything, it's like, are they gonna do it? We'll see. It's a high probability. It's going to be exciting to definitely see. And like we, we just went through the whole world indoors. This is, Those are some of the most exciting things that you're going to be looking out for at world indoors. There's definitely more. It's going to be an exciting weekend for everything to watch. And there's it's just so much competition, you know, and that's what everybody's looking for. That's what people are trying to change in the track and field world. And we have one of the most polarizing individuals in the sport ever. Michael Johnson entering the game really to try and change this sport. He started his own pro league from Sporting Co. He went out there and he said that he aims to better engage existing fans by providing a TV friendly product to promote the sport's biggest stars and draw new audiences through unique storytelling. While details of the league with a planned debut in 2025 are still being worked out, the goal is to provide the sport with an entirely that more closely resembles major U.S. sport leagues. Uh, he's teaming up with Winners Alliance. That's a global 
athlete licensee and sponsorship firm, and they are serving as the operator and capital partner. And they claim that they already have made the sim the single largest investment in track and field history Seven for this figure sum. Seven figures. This is all coming from Sport and okay. Co. Michael Johnson wants to bring, uh, bring sport for the fans. That's his whole. That's his whole mission. That is his plan and everything. And just could we get that every four years in the Olympics? But he wants to do that all year around or during that season in the in between time. Is this the answer? Is this the answer right here, Aaron? Twenty twenty five Winter Alliance and Michael Johnson. Is this gonna save our sport, bro? And if there is anybody I trust, it's Michael Johnson. We've had him on this very podcast. Go listen to that episode, and he talked about this. I don't know if we talked to him about it on that podcast, but we definitely offline. Like he he talked about wanting to create a league, and if you've ever listened to him speak about track and field, he points out a lot of the obvious things that we all know need to be done to really to elevate the sport so i'm excited i have a lot of questions like what time of the year will this take place you know will there be any involvement with world athletics or is this something that they would see as competition to what they're doing or are they gonna are they gonna come at him are they gonna be trying to pigeonhole him like the way we see the NBA kind of react to the big three. We know that there's issues and contention there. So does this cause any contention between uh, Michael Johnson's league and world athletics? And what does it mean for the, the brand sponsorships with, with Nike and things like that? Like what athletes can he get to come over? Are they gonna be able to do both? There's a lot of questions that have to be answered, um, but I think it's good that we have a legend in our sport who all, who's also someone we've seen behind the scenes on TV, you know, announcing and everything. So we know he has that eye for entertainment and focus. Um, so I think it's a good step in the right direction. Uh, it definitely is interesting my only concern is that i feel like every single time a sport in a sport and someone comes out and says i'm creating a new league that's fan centered it's never really like hits the same you know what i mean like there's a lot of people that come out and say i'm gonna make a fan centered league for basketball football and we're gonna focus more on the fans and the stories but it never overtakes the nfl and it, yeah, yeah, it never it never overtakes the thing. So I think the big thing will be can he attract those stars? And someone like a Michael Johnson, I think he will have the ability to like this is the one of the greatest to ever do it, like top five, top five for sure. And like one of the best definitely ever in the US. So I think he definitely has the ability to do that, but it's just thought like, what does fan centered really mean? I think he will be able to work through with world athletics i'm kind of seeing it i don't know if it'll be like american track league but you could still race in those meets and just do whatever it is or is it going to be more like a draft or is, is he going to try and make some uh brand loyalty for some people you know and like or city loyalty and just some type of team loyalty in that way but i think 
I hope I hope it's definitely a TV product that um that's just different. I think that may be the main result. And I think that's gonna be my hope from it. If we can get some TV product that has more production, has more stories being told, and is really building up each that's building up each race to be like uh Jacob versus Jacob, Josh Kerr, you know what I mean? And to be these superstar fights and and but it could be somebody that's not on that level, but we're building it up in that way. I think that production level can be different. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think the toughest thing is going to be is because basically to me, if you told me the track and if someone was to ask me, what is the track and field league? It's the diamond league. That is our professional league. That's the closest thing that we have it. Those series of meets, the level that they're at, but they're just take place in Europe, but that's really where the sport is and where it shines. That's, where there are somewhat storylines story and the biggest stars are competing. So that's gonna be the hardest thing is like, how do you pull athletes away from their season from Diamond Leagues to the league that he's gonna be, be creating? And it's money. It's gonna be money, like with surprise money. because. Europe has had a stronghold on this sport for so long. And I just talked about it earlier with indoors, all the real, most of the real indoor meets like are out there. When you see a European indoor meet, it looks, the stadium looks incredible. It's completely filled. Like it looks so much more official than what it does over here. And you could say the same about their outdoor meets. Cause that's, that's where we have the diamond league meets. So do we have the stadiums in the U S to even make it represent a professional a professional sport and can you pull those athletes out of the middle of their season because it can't be like american track league where it's like those meets don't i mean i'm not gonna say they don't matter as much they don't matter as much they're so early in the season we want to see the athletes race when they're in peak performance shape like in the summertime and that's where i see the conflicts maybe that's not what he's chasing after though because if he's chasing after that, definitely in the first couple of years, he's not going to get what he wants. If he's chasing after, I want to get these fast performances, these big athletes, and these really good marks. I'm not I, I, like that's an impossible task. Definitely with World Athletics and the Diamond League, they got a chokehold on it, like you said. But I think a focus on the athletes and like how they said fan centered if they can tell really dope stories if they can bring great creators and not just creators but great a great tv director like if you get a tv director yeah. that's that's been on the super bowl for example or nba games and now they're telling this story of track and field in a totally different way and unique way that's worked in the nba and ufc maybe in all these different places that could possibly be a change and a shift to where it's all like you got some athlete that people may not know on the world stage but they're an aspiring olympian and then we get to see that journey through this winner's yeah. alliance and michael johnson league that we don't really care about the time that they run but we care about who wins the race so 
that's where I kind of see where it could be fan-centered and we don't have to worry about if Grant Holloway's there breaking the world record. But if that happens, that's nice. But either way, we're there for the fight. We're there for to see who wins this thing. It makes me kind of, I know this is kind of going, kind of going long on this topic, but it makes me think about the, the basketball league that um, over time has created. I don't know if y'all have heard of that, like the OTE teams. If we have any younger listeners, they probably know about it. But a lot of the athletes, a lot of the kids, they're high schoolers, and they're basically in this kind of pro league. They're super well known on social media and people know who they are. And then once they do, we're going to start seeing people from there, like make it to the next the next level. But that's kind of a fan-centered type of league in a way. But Michael Johnson, man, I don't know. If you be listening to the pod, bro, like, you know, you know you always welcome if you want to come on here and just, like, chop it up real quick and let us know. But then we could talk about this too, Aaron, since we're talking about a change of league. And I really think this move right here is going to be revolutionary for World Athletics. And we're talking about how this could be uh, competitive. This could be competition for World Athletics as his league could be pulling people from the Diamond League or Continental Tour races and just having more opportunities and widespread out of I don't know, this could even invoke more dodging as well. But the good thing that I think we found out is that the World Athletic season will be ending at the World Championship from here on out. Uh, Sevco came out in a, in a statement. This comes from City Smag, reading this off their Twitter. They said from an announcement and a press release, he said this. They announced that uh, starting in 2025, the outdoor track and field season will end at the World Championships. Sevco said that the, what World Athletics said this will create a season-long narrative that builds to the natural crescendo. Two of the World Athletic Championships each year, while at the same time allowing for a more consistent global calendar to be established. Each season from 2025 onwards will end with the World Athletics Championships, meaning this is a clear season climax during a defined window in mid-September. I don't know what po podcast episode it was, but believe me, <laughs> in 2023, we were talking about this. I think 100%. Seth Co listens to the podcast. I, I really think he does. Yeah, and it and he definitely listens to the podcast, but like it just makes more sense for that to be the last standing race. And that kind of makes it more of a league. I know it's still a series of meets. It makes the diamond the diamond league meets build up to something rather than it be something that we have some diamond right now. There's diamond league meets before world championships. But then there's also some afterwards and people run fast afterwards. People run championship. Um, I'm not championship like world records and things like that. But if we have all of the diamond leagues before world championships, that can grab the attention of the track and field community for much longer. A lot of people just tune in for the world championship. But now for us specifically in the U.S., or anywhere in the world, you get to June, you know exactly who your team is going to be, and then you basically see them race over time, like in Europe or or wherever. But if it is like Diamond Leagues, I'm just saying that because that's the biggest meets, that's really cool to me because now you're getting hyped. And then those people that think they should have made a team or beat that good person, they're there like testing them and they're pushing and they're pushing them. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how that affects like some of the early 
meets in the year because it's also going to affect how athletes train and prepare for the world championships because last like in prefontaine one year was that last year it was like in september so yeah, like last year the world championships could possibly get moved to like it could be what if it's from august 28th to september 9th that's way later in the season so you're going to see people open up much later and that makes that kind of makes uh the champion the trials race kind of early maybe it gets moved up a couple weeks i, I think know. you just shorted a diamond league bro i don't think we need track season that long honestly because like bro like like we we're saying i like honestly shorting the season may be better i think you can distribute the content Focus. and just releasing everything better and right when diamond league ends you don't have to start gearing up for the new york city marathon or whatever or Berlin, I think I think Berlin's like in September, right? Uh, like you don't have to start gearing up for the next big, or is it Chicago? Berlin or Chicago are like right after yeah. pre Fontaine. I think Berlin and Chicago are like right in that time. So like you don't have to just switch over to something super fast and start, just focus the season, shorten the Diamond League, do it how it is in the World Championships in that sweet spot of uh, July, whatever that is, beginning of August, July, and like, let us just rest after that. You know what I mean? Let the athletes rest. Let the uh, World Athletics creative team rest. And like, all right, let's focus up for the next season and go to this crescendo of World Athletics, our NBA finals, and it's all over. Uh, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a rev it's a small move, you know, but something that could be revolutionary that, you know, it's such a small move, but it's something that's totally, that you approach, I think, the construction of just, the season as a creator and creating these storylines so much differently so this year the first diamond league is april 20th last diamond league is september 13th in brussels and um there's about uh like 15 of these meets um but then so it's like it looks like there's almost in April, there's two. In May, there's about one, two, three, four. June, we have one. And then in July, we have three. And in August, we also have three. So that's not too many. Let's say if in late June, in late June is the trials for the US, then from there, there's about one, two, three, four, five, like about about seven meets until World Championships. I don't think that's that bad. I mean, you don't have to go to every single one, but some of them are just some of them are gonna feature people who are on the team, and some of them may not, you know. But I think there's a lot of good that comes from this move. I think it was a smart move, and it was, just makes logical sense. No, yeah, no, absolutely. And moving on, I think a lot of people are saying this makes logical sense. And so we got to talk about it. Noah Lyles signs one of the re-signs with Adidas through the year 2028, the LA Olympics. He put out a statement from a statement on his Instagram. I don't know who this is actually from, though, but it said a, part, a partnership through the end of the decade, including both this year's Olympic Games in Paris 
and the 2028 Olympic Games in Los Angeles. Details of the contract are not available, but the agreement involves extensive commitments both on and off the track and is the richest the richest contract in the sport of track and field since the retirement of the Saint the Usain Saint Leo Bolt. The richest since Usain Bolt. Bolt reportedly made 10 million a year. This isn't over that, but the richest since then. 10 million a year. Good for him. So Kyle Murbury on the lap count, I'll put this out since he said he thinks that he may doing the math, it may be about 2.3 million a year. That's what he think he Noah Lyles may be making. Is this a deserving Aaron for Noah Lyles, bro? Does this make definitely him deserving, bro? Definitely deserving. But I, what I'm wondering, 2.3 to 10, that's a you know, that's that's a big difference. But hey, 2.3, get your bag. Like he he doing great. <laughs> he doing great. What you saying was doing different, I guess. But uh what about Shakari though? I'm like, does, is it getting more than Shakari? That's what I'm wondering. Is that do we know if he's getting more money than Shakari? When was the last time? I don't know when the last time Shakari resigned. We don't know these type of things. I thought they posted something fields. about her. Re she resigned to Nike. I thought recently they, they didn't say nothing about the money she got though. But yeah, but, I don't know. yeah. I mean, what they does don't it report mean? on that? We don't report on that in Dragonfield. Exactly. So it's like you know, it's exciting, but like. It's expected, you know. Of course, no one's getting the same amount of money as Usain Bolt. But if but, someone was the beginning, basically, you're saying Noah Lyles is getting paid the most out of all the athletes. That's yeah. all you're basically saying. And it's just he's like, getting paid the most since uh what 20, 2019, 20, 2018, whenever Usain Bolt retired. But I think from this Aaron, I what I want to know from you, because I remember back in when we're in 2022, uh, the podcast that you weren't on, I was talking about, like, I think we're in a golden age of track and field. We have so many different stars and no one really emerged yet as that one big star. We had Shakari, uh doing her thing and she just came off of suspension, but she was still there. No, she didn't make the team in 2022 and when we were in Eugene, Oregon. She had the, yeah, she didn't make the team. But we still have Michael Norman. We had Cindy McLaughlin. We had Grant Holloway, uh, Ryan Benjamin, Noah Lyles. Like, there's so many great athletes in the U.S. at that time. It looks like Noah Lyles has emerged as the face and, like, the face that Usain Bolt was for 10 years in the sport. Do you think this solidifies him as like the face? Has he became the complete face of track and field with this deal? Noah became. It's hard because it's between him and Shakari, in my opinion. But I think Noah became the face when he said the NBA. world championship thing. Yeah, that that's what really like made him. That made him like the face of track and field. And a representative. I mean, he was stand up for his people too. He was stand on business. So I respect it. But I feel like that pushed him into that realm of being the the face. But I still think Shakari and Sydney McLaughlin. It's hard to say. I feel like they're right there as well. They're just as known. Or Shakari, I feel like, is even more known than Noah Lyles. The basketball thing is the really the thing that put him up there. But I think Shakari is still. I still feel like she carries more of the face of track. Do you think it's a negative that Noah Lyles is available? Shakari and Sydney, like, there's no way, like, they're they're probably not gonna come onto this podcast. They're just not. 
Like it would it would be a very like if that happened, that would be such a big get. But it's not I mean just because of us. I'm not gonna no, say that. I'm not gonna say they ain't gonna come on. Like, you never but, know. No, but it's it's so crazy if it would be crazy if Shakari or Sidney McLaughlin went on Chris Chavez's podcast on Sidious. Like that would be such a big deal. Noah Lyles would be on Sidious Mac podcast. He would probably come on here. You feel me? He's available yeah. to anybody. Do you think his availability could is it watered down a little bit, you know, in a way? No, I don't think it's watered down. I think it's just the I think it's just this personality. I think it's just his personality and that's who he is. And when he retires from track and field, whenever that is, he's still gonna be that person that's that is available um to to anyone regardless of who you are like he's just here and not saying that the, those other two aren't trying to help the sport and i'm sure they're available in different ways but i think it's just a reflection of who he is as a person and what his what his goals goals are and how open he is i just think shakari and sydney they stay focused in a different type of way like you know, like he's just like energizer bunny. He doesn't mind really interacting with fans and people. And he he's really a born like star. He he feeds off the attention and he's probably just a crazy extrovert in comparison comparison to them. Um, but that he's he's used that to his advantage and it's gotten him to where he is with getting this contract, getting TV doing the peacock doing the stuff he doing peacock the documentary and stuff like that like that's why Adidas is paying him more because he 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 doing good for them he putting in work for them to make sure that he's an advocate for track and field you know hugely so I think that plays in place but I'm not saying that Sydney and and Shakari what they're doing doesn't elevate the sport and bring it up I think Noah just that's just how he does it in his way and it's good for him. It's almost cool that like Shakari isn't available, that Sydney isn't available. It makes them more larger than life, more, you know, more yeah, like a superhero. No, exactly. Exactly. So that is it's interesting the thing to think about, but I, I like that he's available. And I think it really provides this element uh, that we don't see, that we see in other sports, you know, like I see something when I scroll through Instagram, I see something about LeBron James every single day. Like, <laughs> you know me, I see something about that every single day. And you can love that about LeBron or you can hate that about LeBron. But no matter what, you're reminded about who he is every day. And you're reminded about who he is every single day. And like, you know that, there's a you you have a reaction to it every single time you see it. You know what I mean? So like the same time that pretty much just by every single time I open up my Instagram and go onto a track page, there's something about Noah Lyles and I have a reaction to it. And like that reaction is polarizing enough that is pulling me to watch the World Indoor Championships this weekend. So like Noah, hats off to you and big ups because he's doing things as well that's lifting up other people with him. Like he just yeah. did he, his podcast Sprint Talk now. He brought on Total Running Productions, someone in the media. He brought in Joseph Fambule. He just had Masai Russell. I haven't listened to that one, but Masai Russell's on the podcast now. So he's bringing up people with him. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that's going to be a really cool thing that I hope we get to see from him in the future as well. 
I think, yeah, I think just imagine when he's done running all the cool things that he's going to bring to track and field. And it's because he's experimenting now. He's he's connecting and networking with people like Total Running Productions or even Masai Russell, all the stuff that she does. So that's going to help him generate more ideas and find gaps and, you know, figure out. Don't be surprised if one day he be, be behind the scenes working with Michael Johnson on the league and stuff like that. Oh, oh, seeing to the future now. All right, bro. So before we get out of this podcast, bro, I want to play a little game with you. This is the first time we did this, but I want you to play this little uh, guessing game. Who do you think AI picked as their top nine best indoor NCAA athletes in history? All right, I'm going to say Christian Coleman. There you go. Okay. Okay. That's number four. Okay. Okay. Hey, you see me? I'm going to say Edward Cheserek. Number three, Chris, Edward Cheserek, number three. I'm going to say uh, Sydney McLaughlin. Sydney McLaughlin is not on the list. A thing move. I'm not on the list. That's crazy. What? <laughs> she not broke like list. every record, bro. I'll tell you, there's only two women on the list. Neither okay, of them are so Sydney I McLaughlin said, or a thing move. Did I say Lowey Lang already? Not on the list. That's crazy. That boy was different, bro. Uh, Grant Holloway. Not on the list. What? That boy was crazy in college. Javon. You gotta Harrison. go deeper. You gotta go deeper into your bag, bro. I gotta go like go way back. Go way back. So Treasure yeah, right. and Coleman are are on there. Shoot. I'm just gonna like. Don't we give you a hint, bro? Yeah, let me get a hint. Your favorite runner of all time. Magat. There you go. Number one. Okay. Number one on the list. Oh, we must have been going crazy. Okay, we got Lagat on there. Um shoot. I'm just gonna throw some names out. Michael Johnson. Not on the list. Wallace Spearman. Not on the list. I'm Bro, gonna give you the hard. rest. I'm gonna give you the rest. Number 10, they had Donovan Brazier. Okay. Yeah. Number nine, Paul Air Paul Paul Ehring from University of Virginia is number nine. Number eight, Sally Kipiego. Number six, LaShawn Merritt. Uh, uh number two, the one you missed, Galen Rupp out of Oregon. I didn't think I was about to say Galen Rupp because it's just so basic, but I was like, no, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess he he won titles. It's hard. Indoor is also weird. No, it is weird. It's weird. And it's interesting enough, because I was looking up, I was trying to do a little bit of research on each of these athletes, give you a stat with it. Didn't have enough time. But Galen Rupp, in 2009, he had a really big performance. He helped Oregon win their first indoor NCAA championship. And in doing that, he won the 3K, 5K, and the DMR. I think we can see that same thing in two weeks with our guy from California, Newberry Miko. Park. Nico Young is entered in the 5K, 3K, and the DMR. We have all the entries. They're out now. Aaron, I want to ask you, and we'll just talk about it. What are some of the, let's go to the men first. On the men's side, what uh, events, who, what athletes are you excited to really see compete at NCAAs? I mean, shoot, you just started it off with Nico. Um, you're right. Like I know they, they did do a, did a DMR the other day. I don't know. He's probably entering the 5K and the 3K, right? Like, yeah, he's in all three. That would be crazy, and it's definitely possible. This this could just be his show. 
So I'm I'm super excited um to see what he what he does. Uh Tenota, the freshman, you know, boy been going crazy. Let's see if he could get let me see if he could get a championship, bro. Can can he can he come back and he win actually and, and bring a championship home? Yeah, it's really wild to see that Tenota Matats Matsatsa. Tenota Matsatsa. Like to see, but I don't know. It's 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 crazy, but it's also not surprising as at all because we had this such great class last year, and and no shots at those kids at all because they're all incredible, and I'm excited to see once we get like Simeon on the track and to see everybody. Leo and Lex have been running great, honestly. They've been running great as yeah. well indoors, but to see that Tenota, the fact that he was able to break four minutes was so telling for somebody that was already running 148, 147. Now running 146.87, number eight in the NCAA. Like, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what he, that dude does at, at, at the NCAAs. Also, Michaela Rose in the 800. And what, she, what is she going to do up against Juliet Whitaker, Roisin Willis? Um, that'll be exciting. I'm actually going to check this out right now. How has Sophia done this year? Dude, this 800 is insane. Oh, so, so let's talk about number six. Okay. The slowest time to get into this 800 is 202.86. Honestly, bro, this is USA's. Like, yeah. this, is, this is USA's. <laughs> this is making the team. And I think, I don't know, it's going to, at the end of the season, once they, once all these girls are trying to make the Olympics, it's going to hinder and help them. It's going to help them because, like, they are getting the experience of this high-level racing right now. You know what I mean? Like, these girls yeah, yeah, are yeah. running fast when they get to this line at NCAAs and when they have to go through the rounds. Like, they're getting a lot of experience. But it's going to hinder them because they are trying really hard for this right now. And they're racing a lot. But it's just going to be super exciting because we are seeing the 800s already stacked right now in USA's, but we're mm. definitely seeing the future and possibly the now with Michaela Rose, Juliet Whitaker, Sophia, Goria Ron, Roisin Willis, like all these girls are the ones I didn't even mention that are going to come out of nowhere are amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 159.25 for Michaela Rose this year. She just ran out of SEC's. That is moving. I might be a U.S. number one. I saw Nia Atkins run 159 the other week, but she's a true she contender. Oh, she ran 158. Ooh, dang. Oh, yeah, at, at uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm super excited to just see uh, how Michaela Rose does. I was trying to look up really quick what is, like, the NCAA indoor record because I feel like she has to be. I think she was right off of it at SEC's. Like, that's what she was chasing. So I wouldn't be surprised if that went down because she's hunting. She's hunting that record. Uh, as you look for that, too, I think another great matchup is going to be in the 60-meter hurdles. Jasmine Jones versus Grace Stark versus Aaliyah Armstrong. Grace Stark beat Aaliyah Armstrong at the 60-meters SECs in the hurdles, which was I think was surprising. You know, Grace Stark coming back from injury, and she got it done and ran that race. Jasmine Jones uh, was second place at USA's indoors in the 60 meter hurdles. I I believe she, I think she's the second fastest American in the U in the 60 meter hurdles right now indoors. So like 
that the 60 like last year it was a totally diff it was great start leah armstrong and Masai russell jasmine jones enters this spot and is now the top person in the country so like the hurdles never disappoints on the women's sides and it's gonna be exciting shoot yeah yeah a thing ran 158 for when she was in college excuse me indoors That's or outdoors it says it says indoor hold up yeah this is the indoor indoor collegiate records that's crazy all right i don't know if she's gonna break that but 16 week hurdles should be dope women's 5k as well parker valby been having a great year um just excited from on the distance for the women i versed both Parker Valby in the 5K, you know, she's doing been doing great since cross country. But Mia Ramsden from Harvard, 420, 424, she ran that at Milrose. That's just off um the that was just off the collegiate record. Uh, the collegiate records, it's it's 424-26 by Caitlin Tui, and she's ran 424-83. Um, so a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of talent on the women's sides. Uh, from that 60 to the 8, you know, it's it's very diverse all around. And then lastly, well, if you have something else too, I want to talk about field events for a second because I think this is, we're in a unique position at this time. Uh, Maya Lesnar is the best shot printer in the NCAA and everyone needs to watch out. If you guys don't know, her father is Brock Lesnar. You feel me? Third best oh, in the shoot. U.S. this year. Uh Maya Lesnar is the best shot putter in the NCAA. I don't, we may be saying this name for about 10 more years, bruh. So, like, I don't, Colorado State doing her thing, best in the U.S., third best in the U.S. right now. Like, shoot, best of luck, Maya Lesnar. Here comes the pain. Yeah. Now, here comes, I feel like, I feel like she's just intimidating whenever she would step into the, to that circle that's what you're going against especially knowing that her dad is brock lesnar i don't know it just makes you when you hear that lesnar last name you just know you know they hands they got hands got and, to and it can act can can do any playful like that's true brock lesnar <laughs> is a freak athlete a, a very a freak. ufc to wwe to movies like minnesota vikings bro your boy play on the vikings yes man yeah, that dude's crazy. I think he's the only athlete to appear in the UFC in a UFC video game, Madden, and a WWE video game. Dang. Dang, there's not another person. Yeah, the Rock Who didn't make does? the league. No, no, yeah, but the Rock didn't play. He didn't do UFC. He said, "What? The Rock didn't do UFC. That's the thing." Like, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You that's a crazy to be a UFC world heavyweight champion. Is like, I think yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Straight sick, straight sick. Like, well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised we we kept this all under an hour. Is there anything we missed before we get out of here, bro? I need to get off your chest. Appreciate everybody, y'all. Y'all really are supporting me in this LA marathon. We're going to be good. We're going to be straight, bro. I got a 14 miler in uh last Sunday. We probably going to it was a really hilly. Probably going to do another like 14 to 16 this weekend and hey man, it's done. Now, I know I got a whole another week after this, but really 
this is the last week of training, bro. Like, there's nothing you can, there's nothing that you can do to affect your performance after this week. Cause I'm about uh like three weeks out or two or wait, wait, two weeks out. Hold up. It's on the 17th and today is 28th. Y'all hearing this on the 29th. So yeah, there's nothing I can do next week that's gonna make me like better or worse. So just trying to stay focused this week, you know, have a good long run and then we just send it. March 17th, baby. We going. Okay. All right, man. I'll be there at mile. Well, where do you want me to be? You want me to be at mile, like mile 18 with the my where's the where's the fun mile? It's usually that's where every yeah, that's where they usually say, right? Because that's where they be in I don't New think York, that's like, I don't think they say it's the fun mile. It's not the fun mile, but it's where everyone be all the fans be like hyped up, like hey. But because I after that, that's where it gets hard. Once you get past like, mile 18, that's when you start, ooh, body start hurting. Well, make sure the family's around like mile 20, bro, just in case. Like we gotta like Yeah, just in case I need to get carted off, you know? Yeah, we'll be there with a wheelchair. Start, start doing that walk. <laughs> I hope not, bro. I did cramp up during the half, but I wasn't training that much. I was like, oh shoot. Like I just gotta make sure. That's the only thing that's gonna hold me back, bro. It's not gonna be the running. It's just like it's all about the nutrition. I'm about to go on a run right now. I'm gonna I'm take a goo before I go. Just so I gotta get my body used to it. Yeah, make sure you put it in the right place, bro. Don't want to end up like Fiona O'Keefe bleeding or something. Even oh, did that? Was that what that was? Is that chafe on her on her on her chest and made her bleed? Or it was yeah, goose? like she put it like in her sports bra, and then like it was like like chafing, and she just just ran it out, bro. I, I, I feel you though. Hey, yeah. The, the, she was saying the wrapper or like it was already she already used it and it, she just didn't want to throw it on the ground no i think she already she didn't use it yet dang we, bro there was a lot of it. blood bro that's a i lot know i seen it i didn't i never i never knew what it was you gotta thug it out bro you need the goo though like you you have to take that in the marathon like are you that could be the difference maker of you finishing shoot well it's been a good one bro i'm uh get out of here uh think about what field event i want to try out this year either pole vault or long jump so we're gonna be thinking about those things going into the to march but it's been a good february excited for march coming up the best month of the year you feel me especially today march 16th probably the best day that i think everyone's favorite day to be honest but don't be hating on black history month i hey we got one extra day for black history month y'all turn up <laughs> This don't happen all. This don't happen often. We got an extra day. We should be celebrating on Friday, on the 29th. That's that's basically like another Juneteenth. Like we should be, you know, turn up. They be trying to cut back on us. <laughs> I never crazy. heard. I never heard someone say that <laughs> February 29th should be like a Juneteenth. Hey, every four <laughs> that's crazy, right? We get an extra day every four years, bro. We should be turning up on the 29th every time we get it. Make a good point. Make a good point. But hey, we'll see y'all next week on the Two Black Runners podcast. Appreciate y'all. Um, if y'all listen this far, man, make sure y'all rate the podcast. Send it to a friend. Share it with somebody. You put it on your story. Let us know you're listening. I don't know something like we in here for the long haul, but we also do appreciate when you give us a little shout out. You feel me? But uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Let's get it. <laughs>